Y'all can't make this up. Just finished listening to um, Mina on Million Million Dollar Babes talking about quantum physics. Come on to my gossip oracle, Tisa Tells. She's beauty and brains. Just clicked on it. At the two-hour mark, you have to go check it out. They asked her, who would you interview? Who does she want to talk to? Someone who um, specializes in quantum physics, y'all. You I promise you, you're going to get this information. If it's from the Gossip Oracle, if it's from me, if it's from Mina, it's from somebody, you're going to get it. So tune in. What is good, Divine Dolls, Divine Dudes? Going to keep this one short. Um, I'm not sure if I mentioned it in my previous podcast, but I have about three very potent um, messages. But I was going through a little bit of grief with my parents leaving for an extended vacation and it really kind of wove itself in there but um at the right time i'm going to just do a little intro to it saying hey this is from a couple days ago um and just bear with some of the sentimentalism as i'm going through some stuff there but if you listen to it you're gonna hear some things that um are very important perspective um some of my most potent stuff right and so but um i'm gonna keep this one short you can see on the on the thumbnail you know it talks about cleota abstin lengthy criminal record started at 11 years old and those other podcasts will give a um a little bit more depth to what uh the short message that i have here too but I've been talking a little bit about how the body, you know, the collective of black people, we are a body, right? So I say this over and over, but you kind of understand the context. I am Virgo rising. Virgo is about analyzing, right? So I take what you're feeding me and I digest it and I, whatever is nutrients I give to the rest of the body and what no longer uh, um, what no longer serves me, I eliminate as for the bullshit that it is, right? And so in the black community, you know, in the body, right, we have a cancer, we have disease, we have toxicity, and there are two schools of thought right now. And um, one of the school of thoughts is let's just cut it off. Let's just cut off the areas that have the cancer. And absolutely, will it address the problem? Yeah. And we have the other school of thought that says, well, you know, the rest of my body is functioning right. I can still walk. I can still talk. I can still function, even though every day we are becoming more and more, you know, cancerous. And if you know anything about cancer, it it can spread and it can spread fast and it can it can kill the body. Right. So I still that to say one thing that that Cynthia G said, and I know a lot of people are upset with her, um, but I think that uh, it is creating the important conversations that we need, you know, and that's a, a litmus test for you to see, you know, are you turning a blind eye to this or not? But one of the things she said is that these babies, these babies that we're pushing so hard to have and protect, you see here, these babies turn 11 years old. Okay. And so what happens when these babies turn 11 years old? Let me, let me play this so you can kind of understand what happens right when we talk about protecting our royal sons right and if we don't address this 
it's going to cost the rest of us, right? And it's things like this, right? If we had started to address this um, in one of the previous podcasts, I was engaging with uh, conversations that Louis Farrakhan, um, they played a clip of him in 1996. And his whole thing is white people can't tell us what to do because they don't have the moral authority. Look at what they did to us and they dropped a bomb on us, right? But if we had started to address those situations from back then, maybe possibly it could have saved this guy's life and or he wouldn't have been born into that type of situation and or born or addressed and dealt with, right? But because we didn't, right, and because we're protecting him, it costs. And and what I was going to say is, if you think that... (laughs) I, I'm pretty sure, in my opinion, he has probably harmed other people, including black women. But one thing about dominant society, they're going to make sure that he is punished to the fullest extent of the law. Right. And so now we have people in the black community that have suffered, the white community that have suffered. Right. And until we all address it. It's continue, going to continue to fester. But I want you to hear this. Hold on. It's a one minute and 27 seconds. Cleotha Abstin was sentenced to 24 years in prison after pleading guilty to especially aggravated kidnapping and aggravated robbery. The victim. And keeping in mind, so he was sentenced to 24 years. He only served 20 years. He was released in 2020. He only served 85% of his crime. Pretty sure he was let out on good behavior because even when you listen to how he interacts with the judge, it's kind of like just docile. He he seems kind of like, um, oh, (laughs) I know the energy, but to the average person, it can seem like he's just walking in and kind of quiet, right? Um, And soft, quote unquote, soft spoken. So they're like, well, let's release him. It's been 20 years. We feel bad for him. Let's really release him at 85 years, right? And that a lot of the times, it's a lot of us black women saying, prison reform, it's too harsh, you know, um, type of a sentence. Give him a chance. He was only a child. He was only 18 when he got incarcerated. But I've said this every single time. One thing is once they start a life of crime, it always escalates to murder. Always. Okay? Once you have aggravated assault... You better believe if they're given a second chance, it will escalate to murder. Um, He has raped from an early age, I believe, before the age of 18. Right. So let me just keep playing this. Stated he was extremely lucky he was able to escape that night in 2000. And sorry, that's from the victim impact statement from 2001. Um, He had kidnapped an attorney. And um, you're going to hear a little bit more about that put him into the trunk of his car at gunpoint for a number of hours until he tried to force him to use the ATM at a Mapco station. Someone had entered the gas station and the victim called for help. He wrote, it's quite likely that I would have been killed had I not escaped. Abstin declined to comment in court. He was only 16 at the time of the kidnapping, according to his arrest ticket. Court doc- And I want you to think about this, right? Because the whole idea is these babies, they eventually become 11 and 16. And you have to think about the thought process that's going through your mind where you can want to inflict harm on someone else to the point where you're leaving them in a car for several hours. You wouldn't even do that to a dog or a pet, right? And for no other thing than to have robbery to get money 
and this person in fear of their life of losing their life i'm pretty sure he would have lost his life too and the thing when the reason that i say that um i've been studying the patterns and when i upload the other podcast you're going to hear me make a seamless um discussion about how there's a correlation and there's synergy between the things that you're seeing right but the reason aggravated assault I'm going to say 90%, 95% of the time why it always escalates to murder is because of the mindset is how do I get away with this next time? What did I do wrong that I need to do? And And so the next step, the second foot, the second shoe to aggravated assault is going to end up murder because you want to make sure that you don't leave any witnesses. Okay. Documents state he had a good relationship with his family, but his childhood was rough. They go on to state Abstin's lengthy record that shows his first arrest was in 1995 for theft. He was just 11 years old. He was arrested again and again every few months from there for... And so, yeah, um, I'm not sure if she's going to read all of them off. I'm going to... Let, let's see if she reads all them off, but there's burglary, theft, aggravated assault. So right there we have it, violation of curfew. If she doesn't read all of them off, then I will go back and kind of give you some insights to what's going on. And they're as early as the age of 11, y'all. Burglary, theft, aggravated assault, violation of curfew, truancy, rape, evading arrest, and more. The violent crimes, including rape and aggravated assault, resulted in time in the detention center, but it's unclear... And so even for us women, I think about, you know, with rape, I almost feel like something that's coming down the pipeline is us women, we don't fight for our own rights because I'm going to, it's a sensitive topic, but I feel like rape is right up there with you might as well just kill me type of a thing because it permeates your mind and it forever changes your life. It is so invasive and so abusive that you know, the quality of your life is just forever changed, you know? And I don't think that, um, especially in the black community, we fight enough for ourselves. And so pretty sure he got bailed out, pretty sure people wanted to help reform him. But those acts are so heinous, you know, and I think we need to put more kind of like a severe penalty on even on with rape. I know that the Democratic Party has the act um, to protect black women and girls. The Republican Party has the um, act to protect black men and boys. And that was passed in June 25, I believe, of 2020 or 2021. Um, And they have 13 related bills. The one for black women um, from the Democratic Party has zero related bills. And so there's definitely a lot more room. And it's only been introduced. It hasn't been passed. And so we have a lot of... um, uh, There's a word that's coming to my mind. But kind of like we have a lot of... uh, Something to cover. Like we have a lot of ground to cover in terms of us black women really defining what protection looks like for us and um if we had taken it more seriously i think in our community this guy wouldn't have been out on the street i um i'm gonna be talking a little bit more because there's a couple of other cases that that i came across but like i said the minute you start to harm even people in your own community that's why i feel adamant i had said before i said if you harm someone in the black community you're a black person 
I don't care if you get just as harsh or harsher penalty because it's kind of right up there. It's kind of the reverse of matching the energy of Black Lives Matter. Like, if you harm a black child, I have no sympathy for you. You know, I don't care if you're black, too. Like, that really grinds my gears. I really have a problem when you have, like, adults who sell drugs and um, perpetrate a life of crime that's spread on to minors grinds my gears, right? I, um, I feel like if you harm any of our men, women, or children, right, then... I don't want you to come back into our community. I don't care if you do look like us, right? So not the most popular opinions, but I think that the people who are upstanding and the lives that we value the lives so much that I protect those lives. And who are you to come and take that away from us and to cause harm to us, right? But we don't want to address it because I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. Let me keep playing this. 27 more seconds. <laughs> How much time he spent there. His file also states at the time he had no suicidal gestures, medical problems, or mental illness. He was listed, though, as 100% violent. The 2000 kidnapping victim ended a statement to the court by saying, It was obvious to me Abstin feels absolutely no remorse for the crime. TDOC confirmed to us he was released in November 2020 when his sentence expired. Jessica Gortler, WREG, News Channel 3. Okay, so it sounds like the full 24, and that would make sense because I think, he, um, so he might have gotten arrested at 16 instead of 18, um, which would that make it 22 years? So we'll see, but yeah, y'all, these babies that were trying to, you know, call her royal sons, they, they turn 11, they turn 16, they turn 18. And until we can kind of address, you know, I know there's conversations about selective breeding coming down the pipeline. I also talked about how, you know, either you're going to be a person who wants better for yourself or you're not. Because I I did a podcast about um, a couple that I could see where if my, you know, any one of us talk to this young lady about selective breeding, she's she don't give up. She don't care. And that's why she procreated with the, the man that she did. And if you try to have a conversation with that young man about selective breeding, you know, and what it means to change, you know, the, tra- you know, the trajectory of his life and um, what it means for his children, it would have fallen on deaf ears. And so we can have the conversations that might help some people, but I'm just in a place where it could sound biblical. He who is um, like warm, let, let, like who he who is like hot, let him be hotter still. And he who is cold, let him wax colder still. It's like, I think that it's very much separation of the people's mindsets. You even hear the separations in the community, in the black community, in terms of, you know, who wants better for their lives and who doesn't. And you also see it, you know, in other areas too, but I'm talking more so about the black community. So I don't know. All right. Until the next podcast, peace.